Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the show. This is the Pop Rocks Radio Talk Show. I'm your host, Pop Art Painter Jamie Rocks, and this is the big show. You found it. I sure I'm glad you did. Hey, before we start tonight's show, I want to thank, and I, I'm telling you, we are having a week around the house here. It is, um, I woke up this morning, I, I looked in my wallet, made sure my name wasn't Job. Oh my gosh. What of, you know, the hits have just kept coming and coming this week. Anyhow, I really want to thank everybody who reached out. Um, yeah, you know, our cat, 17 years old, and, you know, we, we loved him a lot. Um, but it's, it's really hard when you have to say goodbye to a, a pet, um, you know, somebody that's part of your family. And um, But we, I, I was just, I don't know if you read the blog or not, but I was just thankful that my wife wasn't in the hospital and was home and able to say goodbye. And... Um, and he was, I mean, yeah, we hung out. But, you know, cats are weird, and, and they, they choose their humans. And he was definitely, she was definitely his human. Um, there are other cats. <laughs> I'm her human. So, yeah. But anyway, thank you all. So many kind messages and whatnot. And, um, you know, Danny's doing fine. And, well, you know, as can be expected, she's got, um, we're, we're, doing all the surgical prep and everything leading up to her big surgery on the second. So yeah, it's been a, uh, it's been a week. It's been a week. I've been painting away and watching fantastic films. We've got a lot of cool guests starting tonight. Um, this is a movie uh, without further ado, we're going to talk about it. I, I want to welcome our guest tonight. Uh, Mr. Brett McCormick. He's a filmmaker, uh, director. He um, has a couple of just classic classic um, uh, horror movies that, that <laughs> I got to tell you, I got to tell you, I really enjoyed the one we're going to be talking about tonight, uh, The Abominations. Without further ado, here's Mr. Brett McCormick. Brett, how are you, sir? Hey, I'm doing great, Jimmy. Thanks for having me on. Sorry to hear about your uh, trials and tribulations. Oh, I'm telling you, when it, it's one of those things when it, you know, it's just life. It's just life. You, you can't complain about it. You know, um, you just have to, well, you know, Brett, <laughs> you've been around, you've made movies, you know how stuff can happen. You know, it's, uh, it's crazy. I, um, I got to tell you though, a, a highlight was watching your film. I, 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 I don't know if this was intended or not. I found it humorous. <laughs> um, and it was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Wickedly wild. You know, and 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 wonderful. I, I really uh, really enjoyed it. It was great. It was great. I know when you made this. Tell us how did this happen? How did the abomination? This came out in '86, right? That's right. Yeah. Well, well so uh, what happened was I had uh, my partner and I, uh, Matt Devlin and I, had done a feature film prior to that. 
And uh, okay. we were just getting our feet wet. We really didn't know what we were doing. And on the first film, we went, we spent way too much money, and we created a movie that was basically unmarketable. So uh-huh. in rebounding from that terrible fiasco, uh, I went in the opposite direction. I was like, okay, what is the least amount of money we could make a feature film for? And... Uh, <laughs> Uh, I settled on the figure of ten thousand dollars, and wow. uh, I I decided we were going to shoot on super eight millimeter film. Which uh, I don't know if your audience is aware of it, but people used to shoot their home movies on super right. eight film back in the days before video. And uh, absolutely. So we did these two horror movies back to back out in a small town. Uh, west of Fort Worth called Poolville, and the first one we shot was uh, The Abomination. I wrote and directed that one. The second one we shot immediately following that, uh, my partner Matt Devlin wrote and directed, and that one was called Ozone Attack of the Redneck Mutants. Nice. Nice. I love it. Yeah, yeah, you're right. These, These films definitely have a sense of humor to them. Well, you know, the thing is, is when I was a kid, now I'm, I'm an old man now. I, I grew up in the 80s. Um, I was, when you were filming this stuff, I was definitely a, uh, a teenager. And, um, you know, they still had drive-ins and stuff back then. And, right. and me and my friends, yeah. would, we would go and, and we, enjoyed, you know, that was a fun night. We always had a good time. I'll, I'll never forget my friend Bill. Uh, he had had a he had a date and we went down to the all went to the drive-in. He was in a separate car with his date, and our other friend John. We put all kinds of like strawberry jelly all over, and he jumped on the window like a crazy killer, and uh, ruined their date. But man, that was funny. Uh, we thought the girl not so much, um, but uh, you know, <laughs> we used to do stuff. I, I think and you we had a theatrical sense about you as well. Oh man, we would have we would have eaten this literally um, like the abomination. Um, you know, we would not have been satisfied. Um, <laughs> we would want more. <laughs> this, this was fantastic, and yeah, it's shot in Super Eight. Um, you know, I mean, and it's you're gonna get that that almost graininess and whatnot. Well, the thing is, what I want to before we get a, a too into this, I want to let people know they're gonna be able to watch this. Uh, because uh, you did a deal with uh, Visual um, um, Vengeance, and and they're kind of they're white, uh, a division of Wide Eye Releasing, I believe, and they um, they're kind of known for finding these classics. And um, and what did they do? Did they just get the actual like tapes from you or something, and then they convert it, and and then they release it on uh, DVD or whatnot? Is that how that works? Right. Right, yeah. They, what they do is they find uh, the best existing materials uh, for the movie that they can get their hands on, and uh, they they remaster it and put it out. Unfortunately, I mean, there there aren't a lot of great elements still in existence uh, for the mm. abomination at this point in time. Uh, they have put out an incredible 
release on this thing, like treating oh, yeah. this film with way more respect than I ever expected anybody would. <laughs> Rob Hostile, the head guy over there at uh, Visual Vengeance, is uh, uh, tells me he's a longtime fan of the movie, and he was very eager to put it out. And when I saw the treatment that they had given this little $10,000 horror movie, I, it really just, uh, I was humbled, and it, it warmed my heart because, uh, you know, I had never really expected anything like that to happen. Well, it's great. It's great. It's it's definitely a classic. And, you know, it's funny because, uh, like we were talking before we came on this show, I, I have all kinds of friends, and, and some of my, my horror movie friends, it's hard to watch a movie with them because they nitpick stuff to death. You know, they're like, hey, that guy's spleen didn't explode the proper way, you know. And I'm like, how do you know what an exploding spleen looks? Are you kidding me? Looks pretty good to me. And don't even do an exploding spleen in CGI because they'll just throw their hands, you know. I mean, they're not into it, man. And uh, they want practical. Well, I got to tell you, folks, you're going to like the abomination because it's practical. (laughs) But it's good. There are some good practical effects. Was it, it wasn't Kelly. I think it was Shauna when when um, our protagonist, Bobby, first goes. I don't want to give anything away, but um, when he visits Shauna, I believe it is, that's a great scene, man. That is, that is Hitchcockian where you just see his boots and her socks and the blood coming. And then she fall. you know, um, fantastic. <laughs> fantastic. I, I'm really glad you like that, Jamie. Yeah, we yeah, had a whole lot of fun making the movie. And uh, I have to say, you know, it is a horror film, and it, it we were definitely trying to cram as much gore as we possibly could into it. But I have to say an, an equal inspiration was probably uh, Jim Henson and the Muppets because I had read a lot about how they did their puppets and things. And we incorporated a lot of that information into our construction of these various uh, big mouth monsters that are hidden all over the guy's kitchen. <laughs> it was so funny. I had When I was watching, I watched in the daytime. I know I should have watched this in the, the wee hours of the midnight hour and, and whatnot, but it was the daytime. And uh, I had it on the, the big TV out in the living room. And off to the side is our laundry room. And I just put in, my wife's been sick, so I've been kind of doing my extra bit around the house. And I put in a load of laundry. And it was, and I looked at the screen, and it was the scene where um, uh, uh, Sarah Lee throws in the shirt into their washing machine, and it comes back out. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> right. Because I knew what was going on. I'm like, I hope that doesn't happen here. Right. Not good. Yeah. Not good. It is It is fantastic. And it's, you know, the beating of the tumor in the trash container. Um, fantastic. Fantastic. It is. Uh, and it's folks, it's got a great soundtrack. <laughs> this movie is cool. This is very cool. And this is one of those ones that, and we're in that season right now, Halloween, when you have people over and, you know, yeah, you can put on a movie, you know, you, you really shouldn't. You should be supporting the strike, in my opinion, but whatever. Um, you know, you can put on a movie about a summer camp and teenagers and whatnot. Whatever. Pish posh, man. Put on The Abomination. 
that's going, you are going to be the cool party host with that. (laughs) (laughs) I hope people listen to you and take your advice. I'm sure they will. This is so cool. And, yeah, you can tell it's it's shot in Texas. You've got that kind of, you know, they're driving, everybody's driving a truck. And um, (laughs) poor Bobby, he's just kind of, he's got the day off. He's trying to have fun with his friends. Um, His boss is a creep, like all of our bosses were at that age. (laughs) You know? I loved how everybody gets their hands bitten off, too. That was fantastic. You can see the bones. right. Once once we figured out how we were going to do this severed hand effect, you know, we had to use it more than once. You know, it's oh, like oh, we got to do that again. You know, <laughs> and the boss, you know, the guy that the guy that gets the top of his head sawed off with the chainsaw. That that guy that character was played by Matt Devlin, who was my my partner at the time. Oh, okay. So, so okay. it was it was. It was a nice on-screen way for me to get back at him for any residual gripes or complaints I may have had at the time. <laughs> well, I imagine. No, so you guys were in the movie business. Let me ask you, Brett. Now, here you are. You're you're living in Texas. You're a young kid. Um, did you know that movies, you know, what you wanted, what you needed to be doing as, you, you know, the canvas for your art? Um, how did that all come mm-hmm. about? Yeah, I had read this brief article in Famous Monsters of Filmland magazine. When I was 12 years old, I read this brief article about these kids in New York that were making their own monster movie using home home movie equipment. And uh, wow. although I had grown up around home movie equipment, it had never occurred to me until that moment that I could do something like that. You know, I was a huge oh. film fan, but it had never, right. ever occurred to me that I could make my own movie. So immediately I started making my own little horror movies and silly comedies and things in the backyard with my friends in middle school. And from the time Mm -hmm. I was 12 till the time I graduated high school, I was constantly making little Super 8 movies. After that, I went out to Santa Barbara for a year to the photography school they had there called Brooks Institute. Uh And I took their course in motion picture production. And uh, once I graduated from that, uh, I was married by that time. And I, my wife and I had a tough decision to make. Should we stay in California where the movie business is and be fairly well uh, assured of work? Or should we move back where we have more of a support network and uh, what we felt was a more positive environment to raise children in because we knew we wanted to have a family. And so whether or not it was the right decision, we moved back to Fort Worth, Texas and uh, started a family, had three sons. And uh, while they were being raised, we were also making these outrageous little movies. And now folks, a couple quick messages from some of our show sponsors. Stay tuned. We'll be back with the rest of the interview after these quick messages. Listen to this cool episode ad-free. If you're a VIP member, you can become one on my website, www.jamierocks.us, www.jamierox.us. 
Hey Rockers, this is Stacey Lane Wilson, author and editor of the Rock and Roll Nightmares book series. I have a new podcast that features interviews with musicians, artists, authors, filmmakers, and music historians. In Season 1, I interview Phil Toussaint from Ozzy Osbourne's band, Scott Crawford, the director of the Cream Magazine documentary, Lisa S. Johnson, the award-winning author and photographer of the book's 108 Rockstar Guitars and Immortal Axes, just to name a few. The Rock and Roll Nightmares podcast explores the dark and mysterious and sometimes funny side of music from the 60s, 70s, 80s, and beyond. Enjoy on RSS or anywhere you like to listen to podcasts. Glittering amethyst, energizing citrine, colorful fluorite, the other side of the sun, Earth's treasures brought to light. Since 1999, we have offered a unique collection of hand-selected minerals and gems for every budget, for novices, collectors, and healers. Visit www.tosots.com to view our wide selection of offerings and use coupon code ROCKS. That's R-O-X-X for 10% off your first order. Remember, T-O-S-O-T-S dot com. Earth's treasures brought to light. Hi folks, Jamie Rocks here. Hey, if you're a big fan of uh, historical, cool historical books uh, like me, then you're going to want to check out our newest uh, show sponsor, Michelle Albion. Uh, fantastic author. She's got some really interesting, cool books out uh, that you're going to want to check out. I'm a big fan of all of these. Uh, the Florida Life of Thomas Edison, the Quotable Edison, Quotable Henry Ford, uh, Quotable Eleanor Roosevelt, and, of course, the Quotable Amelia Earhart. Uh, Michelle's just very keen and, and very, very cool, um, and these are just very cool books. So check out her website. Uh, there's links to uh, where you can pick these up on Amazon and Barnes & Noble all over the place. Uh, MichelleAlbion.com. M-I-C-H-E-L-E-A-L-B-I-O-N.com. MichelleAlbion.com. Very, very cool stuff. Check it out. Nice. Nice. Well, it's very true. You know, back in the day, um, and folks, you may not know this or whatnot, you know, pre-internet, I mean, none of us had an internet or what, you know, they're like, oh, the internet actually started, whatever, if you're a scientist, maybe you had a computer, but when I was a kid, I, you know, I think uh, it was a big deal when my father finally coughed up the money for uh, a Commodore 64, which was terribly expensive and did little, <laughs> you know, right, right. It certainly, I didn't certainly didn't have the war game set up, you know that Matthew right. Roderick did. Um, no, I had a little old black and white or green TV, Catherine uh, Ray tube. But yeah, you know, but people didn't know that, and we had this. There was this, and I don't know if it was a myth necessarily or what, but when we thought of movies. You know, we thought Hollywood. I, I pictured some guy in a beret walking around with a megaphone. You know, I mean, doing right. the Cecil B. DeMille thing. You know, I didn't think people were doing this in their backyard and stuff. No, I, I never would have thought that either. <laughs> and, <laughs> and you had to go places. Like in my game with, with painting, 
you had to go to New York. You had to go to New York or L.A. You know, that right. we're going to do that in Detroit. Nobody's buying art in Detroit. It's funny they were, but I just didn't know that, you know. <laughs> um, sure. But it, it's all different now because people can be anywhere, you know, and it, it's amazing what people can even do with a, a smartphone, you know, a cell phone. That's what's man, so incredible about it. Anybody who really wants to can make a movie now. Um, for 25 years, uh, after 1996 or thereabouts, I got out of the film business because I had mm. sort of been taken advantage of by some unscrupulous distributors and ended up losing a lot of money and just really got burned Ooh. out. So I left. Uh, when they shot these special features for this release of The Abomination, Rob came down to Dallas. He brought Mark Polonia with him and Matt Desiderio, and uh, we shot all these special features. Well, when I got to know Mark Polonia, I really liked the guy. And when I found out he had done over 80 feature films, I really liked him. And uh, (laughs) so I kind of looked at what he had done, and I kind of picked his brain and everything. And I thought, you know, I'm getting ready to retire. Uh, this is so accessible now. This is something I need to learn how to do. So I got my cell phone, and I downloaded some editing software. And with just friends <laughs> and relatives, I made this no-budget movie called Christmas Craft Fair Massacre as a learning experience. It was my student film. The upside was that Rob over at Wild Eye actually released it last Christmas. So uh, no. I was very – yeah, yeah. I, I was, they had a great trailer, and, uh, and so now it's something that I'm probably going to continue to do in, for the foreseeable future and just play around with as I have time and as I feel inspired to do it. Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. People are going to hear this, Brett, and try to track your email down. And I don't have it, ladies and gentlemen, so don't send them to me. <laughs> Scripts are going to be flying, you know. Um. <laughs> well, I, I always welcome communications from anybody. I have a little uh, WordPress web page called Texas Schlock. That's T-E-X-A-S-C-H-L-O-C-K.com. And uh, my email address is on there. Anybody who wants to get in touch with me can. Uh, We also have some uh, hard-to-find Brett McCormick merchandise for sale on that page. And uh, if anyone wants to get in touch, please feel free to get in touch. Fantastic. We'll put that link up, folks, on the show page. We'll add that um, just as soon as we – when I convert this to a podcast, we'll add that in, and you can go over there and check that out and everything. I'm going to be. Brett, it is so cool, man. And it's, you know, did you know, I mean, surely, obviously, you're, you know, you're in the movie business. You're making monster movies and stuff. I mean, did you know that there was such a cult following and, 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 and people were digging your work, man? That's, that's the big secret, folks. I don't care what kind of art you're making whether it's painting, movies, music, whatever, the big secret is we all want somebody to dig what we're doing. (laughs) That's why we do it. Right. These things exist to be seen by other people. Uh, I didn't really have, because I was so far removed from the movie business for 
about 25 years. I really didn't have a clue uh, what was going on on the fan scene until I was contacted, I think, I can't remember who it was. It might have been the Bleeding Skull people. Got in touch with me, wanted to do an interview. Uh, They told me at that time that VHS copies of The Abomination, if you could find them, were going for 150 bucks. Well, that was like 15 what? years ago, you know. Then I started hearing they were they were going for hundreds of dollars. So it's uh, I, I had no idea that this sort of mystique had built up around the film. But I'm really, really grateful that Rob is putting it out. And anybody who wants to own a copy of it uh, is now going to be able to. Plus, in addition to that, he produced five hours of special features. Yeah. That's like that's like you know four times the running time of the movie. So right. uh, it, a obviously he invested a great deal of effort into this thing. Oh yeah, there's all kinds of. I think there's a comic book in this thing. I mean, it's crazy. It's crazy. You get a whole package. It's um, it's really cool, man. It's really cool. Um, it's. It, this is just amazing. I, I, you know, I love it because you just never know, never know. You know, you work, and yeah, you're having fun when you're making it, but you, you're working hard on this, you know. And uh, right. And and Brett's newly married and has moved back to Texas, so he's making this. And you know, I'm married, folks. I've I've been married a couple times. I know conversations that were happening behind the scenes. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I could be in Santa Barbara right now. What the hell are we doing out here? You know? Right, right. Would you please uh, get the fake blood out of the refrigerator? (laughs) Right. Kelly, uh, Cody's girlfriend in the movie was played by Blue Thompson, uh, which was a screen name for my wife, Carolyn McCormick. So... Um, oh, we, okay. we we dragged her across that filthy floor and made her do all kinds of stuff that that she was really disgusted by. Well, she gets she. I don't want to give anything away. I don't want to give anything away. Her fight is um, is good. Very pro girl power. <laughs> she <laughs> right. takes care of business. That's all I'm going to say. You got to watch the movie. Right. You got to watch the movie. Um, but yeah, it was great. I didn't know that was your wife. I didn't know. Hey, I did notice something though at the beginning of the movie. I'm watching, you know, that that really trippy, cool intro, and um, and then the the you know back in the day, folks, um, you don't see it so much today. But it, you watch the 1978 uh, Superman movie, and you'll be amazed. You will get all the credits and all the stars at the beginning of the film. That's how they used to do it. And right. um, and the Abomination is no different. But I noticed, I'm like, hey, I've got Brett McCormick coming, and he directed this, and, uh, you know, I believe wrote it, too. Who is this? What was, I'm trying to remember, it was something, was it Merrick Raven Raven or something? Max Raven. Max Raven, And I'm like, I said, I don't know who the hell Max Raven is, but that's a hell of a name. You've got to be a star with that, or a rock star, some some kind of star with that name. That is a good name. Max Raven is this pseudonym I came up with in high school and uh, used it on some things I wrote and it's sort of an alter ego that I kind of dreamed up 
I but, got you. Uh, when we did the abomination, you see, it, the whole thing was made by about eight people in front of and behind the camera. So, and, and most of them were relatives. So we gave everybody a pseudonym because otherwise it would be like a, a McCormick family reunion in the credits, you know? <laughs> right. Oh, that's awesome. That is awesome. Now, but they all knew you were making monster movies and stuff, right? Nobody like was like, oh, I don't know if we need to invite him to Thanksgiving this year. <laughs> you know? Well, I, I will tell you this. You were in the I, toilet. Between 1984 and 1996, I was involved with 21 feature films, okay? My grandmother, oh. who I was very close to, my father's mother, never saw one of them. And I would never discuss them with her because mm -hmm. she really would have been offended if she knew what kind right. of movies her darling grandson was making. I get it. I get it. I mean, you know. <laughs> so, so yeah, there were, there were people that were allowed into the inner circle. And then there were plenty of relatives who never really, you know, knew what I was doing. Right, right. Well, here you are, the last left. And I bet you, I don't know if, if, if Visual Vengeance is, is setting anything up. But, man, I know, I haven't been to a lot. My wife is, uh, she, well, not so much anymore, but she used to have a side business where she would make cosplay outfits. And they, they have these oh, conventions. Wow. And, yeah, and they dress up like superheroes. And I got to tell you, it, it's a, it's a tw my inner 12-year-old, I was sitting in here. My studio's off the main part of the house here, and I'm sitting in here, and um, they were getting – everybody, all their girlfriends were over, and they were all getting ready to go to a, a cosplay convention, and they're, you know, they're dressed – putting on tights and dressing up like superheroes, and I'm like, how did this happen? Like my inner 12-year-old. I'm like, you won the jackpot. <laughs> this is fantastic. Right. This is every dream you've ever had coming true. Um but they have these conventions. I'm going to tell you, you're going to have to make one of those big puppets and have a booth or something, you know, because people are going to want to see, you know, meet you and get you to sign glossies and all of that, you know. People pay money to do right. that. It's amazing. Right. I, uh, well, when I, when I first met I Rob at, at Wild Eye, um, he invited me to come to his booth at the Texas Frightmare Weekend, which is one of the biggest horror okay, conventions you know. in the country. And uh, I built a mock-up of the the cabinet yeah. abomination and, and took it to the convention <laughs> and bolted it to the table so that fans, whoever wanted to, could have their picture taken in the mouth of the abomination. <laughs> And it was very popular. So, yeah, you're, you're right on with what you were imagining. And now, folks, a couple quick messages from some of our show sponsors. Stay tuned. We'll be back with the rest of the interview after these quick messages. Listen to this cool episode ad-free. If you're a VIP member, you can become one on my website, www dot jamie rocks dot us www dot j a m i e r o x x dot us
Metal Babe Mayhem is more than just an online store. It's a destination. MetalBabeMayhem.com carries over 150 rock and roll products, including clothing, jewelry, and accessories. Metal Babe Mayhem also offers shrine clothing and alchemy gothic jewelry. In addition, Metal Babe Mayhem founder Allison Metal Babe Cohen is a rock and roll journalist who supports local and national artists with rock and reviews, interviews, playlists, networking, and more. Metal Metal Babe Mayhem is taking over the world one shirt at a time. My Love Shack Apothecary online shop has everything you need to build a special gift for yourself or someone who needs a little pampering. I hand make all of the products in small batches using only plant-based ingredients and therapeutic grade essential oils. Whether you choose one of my curated sets or want to build a custom gift set, My Love Shack Apothecary has everything you need to send a little sunshine to someone today. Please visit us online at www.loveshackapothecary.com. That's www.loveshackapothecary.com. As well as online on Instagram and Facebook. Links are in our website. Support for this podcast comes from the University of Texas MD Anderson Cancer Center, ranked one of the top cancer centers in the nation for the last 27 years. The doctors at MD Anderson treat more rare cancers in a single day than many physicians see in a lifetime, and treatment plans are tailored to an individual patient's needs, allowing more comprehensive and thorough care. To become a patient, please visit makingcancerhistory.com. Aloha. If you have stress in your life or even anxiety and panic, I want to invite you to the Anxiety Coaches Podcast for a way out. The Anxiety Coaches Podcast is a relaxing and inspiring show, bringing you lifestyle changes to calm your nervous system and help you heal. Heal anxiety, panic, and PTSD for life. We bring you two episodes every week. There's no need to walk this path alone. Join us for a relaxing, informative, and inspiring time and start your journey out of anxiety panic. That's anxietycoachespodcast.com. Aloha. Rockscare, the online web shop of high-end luxury merchandise and products, all featuring original pop art paintings, from La Holla to Miami to London, www.merch.jamierocks.us. Oh, yeah. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, it is, this is a fun horror movie. And it's great. I don't mean that it's, it's funny or anything. It is, but it's, it's. It is funny. You know, it definitely has a, a sick sense of humor about it. Absolutely, absolutely. The the televangelist gets his comeuppance. I love a comeuppance, <laughs> you know. Um, I, I don't right. want to give the ending away. It surprised me. I didn't expect the uh, the good doctor there. Um, <laughs> you know, it was, it's fantastic. <laughs> it's fantastic. 
You know, it, would, it, it really fires on so many cylinders. It's got a nostalgia feel to it. The televangelist, Brother Fogg, was played by, we, he's credited as uh, Rex Morton, I think, or something like that. Uh, that was my stepfather, B.R. Flores, and he was this very successful commercial real estate agent in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. And very well thought of. And uh, when I asked him to do this, I couldn't believe that he agreed to do it. I think any of his uh, people that he worked with or, or even his close friends ever saw this or, or knew that he had done it. But he ended up being one of the best things about the movie. What I was going to say is I really enjoyed this film. I really enjoyed it. It, it took me right back. You know, there, there's such a nostalgic uh, this to this, it's just fun. This is a fun movie. Not funny, well, it is funny, but it's fun, you know? And um, I was right there with you, man. <laughs> I get All it. Right. I get where you're coming from. But, yeah. You know, what I was shooting for when I made the film was to make a movie that I, I was a huge horror fan, and I was really drawn to obscure, not very well-known horror films. And when we finished this thing, my wife said, you know, Brett, I think you did it. You pulled it off. If you had just accidentally discovered this film, you would love it. And she was right. You know, we we had made a movie that I would have loved as a fan to have just accidentally happened upon. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It is, it is, it is so cool. And it's, it's got a charm to it that is just fantastic, fantastic. And um, it was interesting. I was um, talking to a friend of mine who had seen this uh, or the trail. No, they'd seen it because we were talking about some of the scenes. And um, they, he's like, yeah, can you believe all the uh, the drinking and driving? And I'm like, it was a different time. It was, <laughs> that's why they have drinking and driving laws now. <laughs> you know, they used to not. Yes, you know, it, it, as as outrageous as this may seem, when I was a kid up into my early teen years, when I drove around with my father in his pickup truck, he was drinking beer and tossing the empties back into the bed of the truck. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, that was just That's normal good. behavior back in the early That's- 70s and, and, and into the late 70s in, in Texas. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Everybody I knew carried a, had an ice chest in the in the, in the trunk in the tr- back of the truck. Right. Well, everybody right. did. So, so um, fortunately, as a nation, we've gotten a little more responsible, which is good. Um, but you know, yeah, people driving around drinking. It, it was not unusual oh. back in those days. No, that's how you did it, and you did all kinds of crazy stuff. You know, especially if you didn't have anything to do. Remember, gang, no internet. No internet. Me and my friends used to car surf. That's how stupid we were. We would get on right. the car on the outside of the car and then see how far we could go before somebody fell off. Yeah, that's what we did. <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, it was, was it the smartest? No, you know. Um, but this was great. This was fantastic. And you have to remember, too, at the time when this came out, there was a, um, 
and a lot of people, I don't know if they remember this or not, but there was a big, um, oh, everything was satanic, you know, rock and roll music, Dungeons and Dragons, everything was, it was kind of this, this battle of, of televangelist types, you know, G- people with a lot of Jesus in their heart. I'm not putting anybody down. I'm just saying what was going on culturally. And, you know, this movie kind of touches not on that, not on the satanic panic, but, you know, his mom's watching the televangelist and the televangelist is going against what the doctor says. And the televangelist was right. <laughs> and I'm right. Just, yeah. just throwing that out there, um, you know, but, you know, it, it really captures all that. And one of the other things I liked about the set of this is everybody I know, everybody, all the young people I know today, you know, you tell them you grew up in the 80s and they think, you know, oh, so cool. That must have been great. You know, we didn't grow up on a, on the set of a Duran Duran video. No, we grew up in houses with wood chip walls and, you know, I mean, <laughs> and white cabinets. It was, yeah, it looked like an 80s house, you know, very right. true. Very true. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. And there was a lot of... Uh, and we used to look through magazines for fun. <laughs> there was a lot of magazine looking through in this movie. I liked it. Right. Oh, and actually, uh, you know, in, in Texas, here in Texas, cable TV didn't even really get going until the early 80s. So uh, oh, about wow. the same time that um, about the same time that VHS was hitting, uh cable was just hitting its stride in, in places like Fort Worth, Texas. So prior to that, you know, you had the three networks and then some little independent stations, and there really wasn't a, a lot of good stuff to watch on TV. No, no, not at all. I was talking to a friend of mine about um, the Poltergeist movie, and they didn't understand. Right. She was younger, and she didn't like, – she's like – what happened after they played the bat? Why did they play the national anthem? And then it went to static. What she had never seen static on a TV. And uh, I'm like, that's the TV used to shut down at night. <laughs> you know, that was, right. after a certain time, there wasn't any more signal, you know, it just, that's how it was. Um, All right. But yeah, you know, it's just different times, different times. It's, this is like I said, a very, it really reminded me of, 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 you know, of the 80s. And you're absolutely right. I remember in the, we lived in a suburb of uh, Detroit, and my father, uh, you know, we were upper middle class. We kind of well-to-do, but uh, he had a, a knack of really getting exciting about technology that didn't work out. Um, he was right. a big Betamax guy, right. you know, so... Yeah, I, I, I was one of those guys too. I thought Betamax was the superior format, and I thought Betamax oh, yeah. was going to be a big deal. And boy, was I wrong! Yeah, he was the same way. And we didn't get cable because my dad said well, that's too expensive. The cable they just get you every month on that. So instead, he had a two-story giant diamond satellite dish. Um, concreted oh. into our backyard. Cool. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, oh yeah, that's much cheaper than the, the cable. Uh, you know? Are you kidding me? You had to move, maneuver it on. You know, it was all motorized, but still, it was a, it was. And then they started encrypting it or 
scrambling everything. So we're like, yeah, we've got 1,700 channels that are scrambled. This is fantastic. Um, wow. <laughs> you know, that was the time. That was the time. Yeah, it was great. It was great. This film, you know, you got to be excited. This comes out the 26th. That's like a week away, Brad. A week away. I am very excited. And like I said before, I never expected uh, the film to be revived in this way. And I am just really, really grateful that Rob and the people over at uh, Visual Vengeance have put such a terrific effort into re-releasing this film in a way that's appealing to fans. On October 4th here in Fort Worth, we're going to have a small theatrical screening of it at a, uh, a monthly event that happens here called Weird Wednesday. It's put on by a guy called the Mute Movie Mutant, and uh, yeah. we'll be there. <laughs> I'll be doing a Q&A after the movie, and, and we'll be selling uh, you know some of the DVDs and books that I sell. So uh, we're really looking forward to that live event. And uh, I'm hoping that uh, after all the effort and and fantastic uh, skill with which they put together this release, that it uh, proves to be uh, very successful for Visual Vengeance. Absolutely. Absolutely. Your wife's got to be tickled, too. You know, she's got to be, because here it is. It's come up again. You know what I mean? And Yes, yeah. There I, she I is so. on the screen. I, I think, <laughs> I think uh, you know, although she might not admit it, she. I think she is pretty happy about it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's every girl. Every girl. I don't care what girl it is. Every girl, at least the ones I know, they either wanted to be a model or a movie star. Well, there you go. <laughs> right. You know? <laughs> right. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, just like every boy wanted to be a a, a filmmaker or a, or a rock star. That was the. Uh... <laughs> you know what's funny about that is all of my friends to this day, um, people always ask me. They're like, "Oh, what do you hang out with? A bunch of artists?" I, I know some. I don't really hang out with them. I hang out with a lot of um, uh, filmmakers and and people. Wanted to make movies or wanted to be rock stars. You know, that's everybody I know. Uh, right. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, I like the energy. But this is uh, this is cool. This is cool. Now, you had another film that I just found out about because I was – and I uh, – and I get all these emails and stuff, and I am going to be talking to the PR company, Brett, because I want to have you on uh, to talk about that one. Uh and I'm trying to, it was the, uh, what was it, the, the Repli- Replicator. Replicator. Oh, my God. I just saw the trailer for it tonight before we did the show. I'm like, this is brilliant. This is fantastic. I think uh, for years, The Abomination was the film I had done that most people wanted to talk about. But since uh, Replicator has gotten some quite a bit of exposure in recent years, uh, first through a DVD release that Whacked Movies put out, and then people started talking about it on the Internet, uh, I think it's actually going to surpass uh, The Abomination in terms of uh, a film that I did that people are still interested 
and seeing and are exciting uh, excited about. It's got Gunnar Hansen, who of course played Leatherface in the original Texas Chainsaw oh, yeah. Massacre, and it's got Brink Stevens, who's a very famous, uh, well-known scream queen from the '80s. Oh, yeah. And uh, they both. It, the movie is a comedy, and they both uh, showed beyond a shadow of a doubt that they have a, a real innate skill with comedy. Uh, they both really pulled it off well. I think the movie as a whole is just really silly and fun to watch. Uh, warning, there's a great deal of nudity in the film, so uh, it's not for younger audiences. Uh, right, it's, right. It, it's it's a very fine. fun. It's a very fun movie. Visual Vengeance is putting out a lot of my old movies on streaming. Uh, they're putting out uh, a movie I did called Highway to Hell about an escaped uh, psychotic killer who is uh, going across country terrorizing people. Uh, they're let's see what else are they putting out? They're putting out Biotech Warrior about a, a, oh. a killer android on a rampage. They're putting out Time Tracers, <laughs> which features. Uh, Jeffrey Combs of Reanimator fame as a scientist who creates a time machine. Uh, they're putting out uh, a really, really cheap thing I did called Reanimator Academy that was uh, nice. executive produced by Dave Dakota. Um, wow. What else are they putting out? Uh Probably, I think that's it. I think that's all the weird stuff. A couple of my other action movies are available on Tubi, but they don't have anything to do with visual vengeance. Nice, nice. Well, I'm telling you, the meeting you took with visual vengeance, that was a good meeting. <laughs> that was a good meeting. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, I, I, I am very thrilled, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. That's fantastic. Well, I am. I'm going to get a hold of um, the folks over at October Coast and, and whatnot who's working with uh, Visual Vengeance. And I, I want to get you back because I, I want to talk more about it. I'm just fascinated. You are cool, turned up to 10, you know. And hey, did, you said you had the three boys. Are they, uh, any of them shown any interest in the, uh, the film business? The monster? No, mission? no, not really. Uh, my oldest boy, oh, yeah, Josh, yeah. was an artist, but he died in an accident when he was 17. Mm-hmm. Then uh, oh, my my two remaining boys are both doing really well. One is um, uh, in a management position with a company that owns a number of restaurants in Tulsa. He's a bartender, but he's also nice. a mixed martial artist. He's very well known in the um uh, mixed martial arts field up in that part of the country. Uh, His name is Joseph McCormick. My other son is a chiropractor, also in Tulsa, and he's married to a lovely woman named Fallon who is also a chiropractor. So, yeah, they probably got their fill of the B-movie experience (laughs) as kids and uh, were like, nah, nah, we're going to go somewhere else. I hear you. I hear you. What well, isn't that how it always is? You know, isn't that how it always is? I uh, yeah. I always, you know, in my own life, I it was so funny when I when I was a kid. We grew up in Detroit. My dad was a mechanical engineer. You know, he was involved in the auto industry, and uh, as everyone was at that time. 
And, you know, I had told him, you know, well, I'm, I'm going to paint. That's, that's the plan, you know. And I think he saw his, his dreams of, of Infinity Pool slipping away quickly. And right. uh, he's like, let's get, let's get you over here at GM or something, and you can start, you know, drawing cars. I'm like, I'm not doing that. I'm going to be Picasso. I'm going to Paris. Are you kidding me? Um, <laughs> and it's funny. Here we are 35, 40 years later, and one of my biggest uh, collectors, one of my Patreon patrons, is a um, he's well-to-do guy out from the west, uh, North Pacific Northwest, and he owns his thing is he he collects vintage race cars. You know he owns oh cool uh, seventy yeah. of them. Yeah, he's into but you know weird stuff, weird Cortinas and Lotuses and you know all these strange cars. Um, but but you kind of have to be in that world to know what I'm talking about. But um, yeah, he's having me paint all these cars, not the car, but like paintings of the cars. Uh, right. And yeah. you know, my uh, my wife got sick uh, a couple months ago and it's been in and out of the hospital and stuff. And you know, when you're a painter and that happens, um, you know, things get a little hairy. You know, you're like, oh man, I gotta. I hope. Fortunately, I have a couple of. Uh, big clients, bigger clients that they're having me do, you know, I've got work and thank God. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's good. And I was sitting here this morning and I'm working on a car painting and I'm thinking about my dad who, you know, passed years ago. And I'm like, he's laughing somewhere because here I am painting cars. <laughs> and I'm so glad right. I am. <laughs> the old right. man knew what he was talking about. Um, you know, yeah. so it's uh, it's it's all good, and it's it's just one of them things. But I gotta tell you, I like I said, I really enjoyed your film. You know, I will give this film, folks. This is not Citizen Kane. Don't go into this, you know, thinking you're gonna watch some PBS documentary or something. That's not what this is. This is a fun movie that was made at a fun time where we all like getting scared and grossed out and creeped out. And, you know, it it did what it was supposed to do because it's all of those things. <laughs> it's fantastic. Um, you really you really knocked it out of the park with this one, Brett. You know, I don't know if, you, if that was the plan or whatnot, but it's what happened, you know. Thank People you. Loving Thank it. you, Jamie. And I appreciate They're going to be able to see it. You know, it's gonna be, gonna be available. It's really available now. So that's that's the best part, you know. You don't have to go Absolutely. digging through the uh bargain bins at that uh mom and pop store that closed down, you know. <laughs> right, right. Well it's fantastic. And a good thing, you know, I just say as a as a an artist talking to an artist, it really makes me smile and happy that it kind of re-sparked to something in you because you're real good at making these, you know, obviously, <laughs> you know, well, you're good at this. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. It's it's fantastic. Again, folks, now we have, um, I forgot to mention, we have um, links to uh, Visual Vengeance's uh, social media and whatnot. Um, get on there, like, and share and, and follow those because that's how you find out that that's, that's how we communicate now, 
you know, you, you know what's going on, and uh, it, it's just fantastic. And, and there's links. We have links up. And I'm going to put um, Brett's link to his uh, blog up as well uh, just as soon as the, uh, the show ends here. Man, keep doing what you're doing, Brett. I'm going to be talking to Thank you, you soon. You do the same, Jamie. Absolutely. Absolutely. Have a good one, and thank you so much for coming on the show. You're awesome. Thank you for having me. You're awesome, too, man. Thank you, man. Well, folks, that's going to wrap it up for us tonight. Um, again, fantastic movie, The Abomination. you got to see it. And don't just watch it on streaming. I'm telling you, get the pack. You never know, man. You never know. Get the, Here's what my plan to you should be. Get the whole big package um, from Visual Vengeance and um, then go, you know, eh, this might be a little stockery, I don't know, but, but find out where Brett's going to be at one of these conventions and get him, go track him down and get him to sign everything because you never know, in 10 years, you know, we all have ups and downs in life. You may need a couple bucks. So then you roll over to Las Vegas and find the Pawn Stars, and you have all this signed stuff from Brett McCormick and about the abomination. And, you know, you could save the farm that way. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Keep your options open. Uh, but, no, definitely, I, I just, but get the, uh, get the package. Because, again, there's all this cool stuff, five more hours of behind-the-scenes stuff, I have a friend of mine who's a uh, independent filmmaker, and I w- we were talking about this, and this is very true. He he loves getting these behind the scenes um, directors commentaries and stuff that you get on these uh, these these Blu-rays and whatnot. Um, and he told me, he goes, yeah, it's like a free college class. I watch those and take notes, <laughs> so you know my learning curve is good on how to do this uh, type of stuff. So. You know, something to think about if you're in the movie business, if you're making movies, you know, because these guys, you know, they they made all this. It's amazing. It's amazing. Anyhow, folks, that's going to wrap it up for us. Uh, today is Thursday. We will be back tomorrow afternoon. Uh, fantastic. Karen Lamb's going to be on. She's got a new uh, horror movie. Uh, she's a Canadian filmmaker, and we're going to be talking about that. And very, very cool. We will see you then. Hey, remember, it's still kind of a weird world out there. So, you know, be cool. Don't wind up being a Karen on a uh, YouTube video. You don't want that. You don't want that at all. So we will see you then. Have a good one, everybody. Bye. This has been pop art painter Jamie Rocks' Pop Rocks Radio Talk Show. It has been executive produced by Jamie Rocks, recorded at his studio in Deerfield Beach in South Florida. All rights reserved by Pop Rocks Limited for broadcast on Blog Talk Radio. Tama Oli Pop Rocks Radio. Estás escuchando Jamie Rocks de Pop Rocks Radio. Manténganse al tanto. Hey, the Harry Hicks from Sverige. Ognilis Natil Pop Rocks Radio made Jamie Rocks. Blog Talk Radio.